This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, uh, your hometown sportsbook. We're looking ahead now to the matches on the ATP Tour. And I'd like to say I'm Nigel Seal. And with me to look ahead to those matches is our senior ATP Tour handicapper. It's Sean Calvert. Sean, um, the last time we spoke, I, I felt really bad. I, I watched the video back and it was one of the worst performances. I, I would have been subbed at halftime if I was a football player. I was all over the place. My dog wasn't very well. And it was yeah, really, was... really, uh, really getting to me a little bit. How are you? It's... I'm all right. I've just spent the last 10 minutes sneezing. I think I must have about a hay fever or something. I don't know what's what's going on there, but my problems are trifling, really, compared to uh, compared to yours. You know, dog's a massive part of the family, isn't it? Oh, she's here. She's sitting next to me. Come here, mate. Come here. Here we go. We're going to get her on just so she's all right. Here she is. There you are. There she is. There you go. Look at that. She's uh, still blinking a little bit in this little so she eye ran, here. She ran into a twig or something, you said. She ran it, this little eye here ran into a twig, and when we were recording... Paul had brought her in and she had all pus coming out of her eye and all this kind of stuff. So we Yeah, you can't concentrate when that's going on. Yeah, we had an emergency vet. I could hear her crying downstairs. She never cries, this dog. She never ever cries. And uh, there she was crying. I actually love this dog more than I do the kids. That's the truth. So they you better hope they're not watching this podcast. Oh, they, 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 no, they, my my, uh, my daughter would not be worried about our ATB talk pics. I said, we're not, we're not massive on Instagram yet, sure. We've only got 250, 200 followers. When we get 20,000 followers and we uh, we mix it with the hobnobs all around the world. Then she'd be interested. But at the moment, she's not bothered. But she's on the mend. Issues, and she's happy. You're right, babe. There she is. So they a little eyes a little bit better. Why right, you get down. difficult to set? I can't really tell from there. But you know the photo that you sent me when she when she did it. Yeah, it looked looked pretty bad, didn't it? So it's it's, it's a worry, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And any, uh, well, she she has the, she had the, the, these little dogs have these sort of bulbous eyes, don't they? So they cause problems when they run into things and they're, they're a bit grit and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so there, that was, there was a reason for my poor performance. So everyone's got an excuse. My poor performance last week was because of that performance, but she's on the men now. So we're going to have I've an got absolute no excuse, storm. Unfortunately. <laughs> we're going to have a stormer of a show uh, today. I know that I can feel it in my bones. Things are looking good. The weather's sunny outside. That's brilliant as well. It, it is here, but not, not everywhere. As not we're about everywhere. To well, we, you've stolen my lines. Sorry. Anyway, the, le- the weather, I'll go back to what I was going to say. The weather is fantastic and the sun is shining, but it's not shining where we're heading to first here in Kitzbühel in Austria. Uh, before we come on to the matches you want to talk about, Sean, the conditions have been pretty horrid there, haven't they? Um, give us a little rundown of what uh, what the players have met in the, la- in the last couple of days. Well, they've been okay up until today. Um, it's, it's today and then for the next sort of seven days that it's meant to be uh, just solid rain, basically, which is what it is at the minute. They played three games, I think, Husler and Altmaier, and it was called off. I'd, I put the video on Better River's website just to see the live stream, and it's just... I like the way that they've still got music pumping out really loud all around the centre court. There's not a single person in there, um, and the covers are on, 
but there's still dance music pumping out to, to literally nobody because the, if the forecast is correct, they're not going to see much play there for the next, well, for the rest of the tournament. I think it's one good day. I think tomorrow is meant to be okay. Um, but the rest of it is just, if the weather forecast is correct, it's a complete washout. One thing we've gone to, the dance music, I mentioned this before, before to you on a podcast, we've been to a lot of tennis this year. It's a new thing now, pumping out dance music. The trouble is, is the average age of the person there is 65. They're all women. They're <laughs> Depends all, they're on the all... tournament. Yeah, I know. Umag, they're a bit younger, I think, and Umag is. I, I could see it at Umag. It's a bit of a party tournament, but yeah, Kitzbühel and... and um, Queen's Club. Know, Queen's Club had like rave music pumping out. Like and Did I, I didn't even notice. Well, we, well, you were too busy watching the tennis, but I, I was listening to the rave music because all my bets were losing at the time. But there was a, a row of people, and I was the youngest person in that row of people by twenty five years. And well, Eastbourne imagine... and Queens is is, yeah. is quite sort of well. It's a, a Queens is a bit different because because of where it is in sort of central sort of southwest London, but Eastbourne in particular, it's that's a very sort of um. Well, how can I put this kindly? Is <laughs> there's an elderly, more elderly audience yeah. there, isn't there? I think I think I think it must be something in their well, their desire to get more fans in and think they're going to pump the music out loud. But anyway, I, I like change. I like change, but in certain tournaments, yes. But uh, Eastbourne, I think you, you want a bit of more of uh, the Seekers or the Everly Brothers. That'll, that'll get you more. That'll get you more audience well, participation. In Germany, all they seem to play is kind of old, Rock. old British stuff, isn't it? From oh. like the sixties and seventies and eighties and stuff. That's that seems to be in vogue there for whatever they reason. They did play anyway. the jam though. They did play a bit of the jam. They played well, a bit of Paul Weller. Still eighties, isn't it? It's oh, still... that's classic. That that gets classic my it may vote. Maybe, but long. it's still like forty years old. I know, but that that gets my vote. Anyone who plays a bit of Paul Weller, I mean, okay, Fair let's enough. have a look at the matches. We've got the three matches we're going to talk about. Kids, well, we can talk about the weather conditions. We can talk about music and our and our pets and stuff like that. But uh, we this is a tennis podcast. <laughs> we have to we have to get to the tennis and get to the picks. Um, the first match we're going to talk about is quite an interesting one. I think so. Anyway, it's Sebastian Ofner, uh, sort of the Austrian lad playing in his home tournament. He's minus 137 against Alex Molkan, who's plus 110. Um, we were with Alex Molkan in his first round match and he got us the money. Sebastian Ofner here is the number four seed. Um, he's high in world rankings. He's had a pretty good season on clay. They met twice on the head-to-head. Ofner's won them both. Fairly easy. A couple of uh, losses. Well, the first set uh, in 2021 in a tie break, but uh, but they were a long time ago in challenger events and in futures back in 2016. So they're really irrelevant now for what we're talking about here. Before we you give us your angleist bet, I just want to ask you one question: mm. players, especially in Austrian players like that, is this a is that a pressure to them, or or do they go there on the? Uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing to be a home base player? A lot, of, a lot of betters will bet the home base player, thinking they've got the crowd behind them. We've we've been to many of these tournaments; they don't have much of a crowd. Um, or is it the pressure of performing in your home? How how do you sort of look at home base players in, in your handicapping? And the reason I say that is because obviously last week in Hamburg, uh, a na- Hamburg native Alexander Zverev won the tournament. Well, he did, but that was the first time he's won it, wasn't it? Yeah, how many times has he played it? Like I know, five, I six? Know. I know, but it's, just just because we always say, oh, he's the home lad, he might have the support. It, it does, really it depends. It, it really depends on the player. Um, let's take Stan Wawrinka, for example. He's never done particularly well, very rarely has he done very well in Switzerland. I went against him last week with um, Munar, and he had, a, he had another shocking performance. He's never done well in Gestad. Depends on the player. Uh, some players really enjoy it. Some players really fear it. Um, as far as often is concerned, I've not seen too much of him. Wait, he won the Salzburg Challenger, but is that pressure? Mm. I wouldn't have thought so. Um, not too many people there. Uh, 
it's a level that he's comfortable with. Not you know, not massive crowds by any means. Um, as far as this match is concerned, uh, I think the slower conditions might might well favour um, Alex Malkin. Actually, that attritional style of play that he does have. Let's have a look at Offner's record. Um, I had a quick look at it against left-handers. He's won sixty-three percent of his career matches on clay against lefties, but he's only played two that were ranked in the top one hundred. So limited data there. As far as the stats on clay at main level are concerned, they're they're pretty level. Uh, Offner ninety-nine service points, one return points, one. Uh, Malkan also ninety-nine. So, but I think they're both been motivated here. Um, Malkan because it's the last clay tournament of the year. And often because it's at home. So I quite I quite like Molcan or over two and a half sets here, 2.35 for Bet Rivers. There is a whole host of markets available in this match, 28 different markets available. Uh, Sean just mentioned it there uh, with the set handicap, the game handicap, total games, you can move the line and create your own different market. The main markets, though, are the win market on the money line, minus 137 off the plus 110 Molcan. The spread is minus one and a half off the minus 112, giving up the start. And Molkan receiving the start is minus 113. The total here is 22 and a half with under the favourite at minus 127. And remember, uh, this is an early start. If they do play with the weather, probably about 5 a.m. Eastern time. It's going to get up nice and early. Make sure you get the bet on now in time. And if you do get up nice and early and want to watch the game, and you don't want to click through the television channels, you can watch it on the Bet Rivers website. Just place a bet and you'll be able to live stream this match from Kitzball. You probably won't see much. You'll probably see the weather. You might be watching the weather channel rather than the I don't know tennis. when this is going to be on. Yeah, this could it's, be a while. It could you, you could be in for a long wait. You might get home from work and it might still be on. Yeah, uh, let's move on. Yeah, whenever, whenever it might be on. But I think on five o'clock tomorrow morning, it may be a lot of rain. Um, the next match we're going to talk about is Thomas Martin Echeverry against Guido Andreos. Andreosi? Is it Andreosi? Andreosi? Andreosi, I think. Andreosi. Oh, you, so, so much. You, you, you have to order the Italian when we go out next time because uh, I don't know that. Anyway, Thomas Martin Echeverry is a player that had a very, very good um, French Open. Um, since then, he hasn't really lived up to any expectation. His, his form has dropped a little bit. Uh, got beaten the first round in Hamburg, got beaten the first round in Warstad, got beaten the second round at Wimbledon, and he was got beaten the first round as well at Eastbourne, a match that I watched him play against JJ Wolf, where he was like Bambi on ice on that uh, grass court. Absolutely diabolical he was uh, and Wolf got the better of him there I don't really know much about Andriozzi uh, but what I do know he is ranked 240 in the world Sean knows a lot about him he's going to tell us all about him. Not like, I'll put the pressure on you Sean there but you're going to tell us a little bit about it but one thing I do know is that when we've done this video here we have uh, Echeverry at minus 455 on the graphic and Rotsi is plus 340. Well, the money has come for Echeverry the number one seed this week he's now down to minus five dollars and Andriozzi is now a price of 375. So the money is coming for the Argentinian. Uh, Argentinian. Given his form, though, I wouldn't want to be betting him at minus five dollars, that's for sure. No, I quite like Andriozzi here. Um, as you said, that Echeverry's form has been poor um recently. His last one last month at main level, I know he's played some on grass, but one three win loss and a service points one return points one total of ninety-five. Compare that to what he was earlier in the season or, or his, his season as a whole on clay at main level. 17 wins, 11 losses and a 105 service points, one return points, one total. So he's he's 10 points down at the minute on the level he was playing at earlier in the season, maybe more like 11, 12 points because he's lost those last couple of matches. I think he was around about 107 at one point. So he's, his level is dropping. This this could be the case. It could be a number of reasons for this. Obviously, he made the quarterfinals of the French. Sometimes when you break, break through like that, 
there's a there's a sort of letdown afterwards. Um, it could be physical. He's played a lot of matches. Uh, it could just be a sudden realization that he's in the top, the top sort of 20, 30, whatever he is, and and the pressure's on him now. It could be that. Um, but whatever it is, he's struggling at the minute. And Andriozzi's coming here in great form. Um, made the final of the Cali Challenger quarterfinals in Trieste. He's won three good matches uh, to make the last sixteen here. And his his stats, I know they're from a very short, a very very small sample size, but his whole break total is 120, and his uh, service points one, return points one total is 118 in these three matches that he's played. I know it's a very small sample size. I know it's only three matches. Um, but against decent opposition as well. It wasn't against really low-ranked or unranked opposition. Uh, and he's held serve 88% of the time. Plus, he's had, obviously, three matches here. Etcheverry hasn't had any. He's got coming from sea level in Hamburg to this altitude in um, Kitzbühel. So Andriotzi will obviously be the one that's more attuned to the match conditions. Allied to that, if you're a fan of trends, which I, which I am, or I certainly can be, um, number one seeds have got a shocking record in Kitzbühel. They've lost in their opening match four times in the last six editions. And on one other occasion, the top seed withdrew. So the, the top seed has fallen early, five of the last six editions of Kitzbühel. Um, yes, it's just a trend, but it, it's a kind of, a, it's it's an interesting trend. Uh, and now we've got a number one seed who's playing here that is in poor form. And, and Andriozzi will be highly motivated and is playing well. So, I'm not sure what this move is all about for Echeverry, to be honest. It doesn't make any sense for me. I'm happy to take um, Andriotzi at that price for sure. I think it's probably to do with the fact that he's the number one seed. As you say, not many people would know that the record of the number one seed. And also they just look at it and think we just, we can pile him up. Put him in at $5. It's free money. We put him in with uh, all the other short price. I I, he's not free money at the minute, is he? Um, no. Echeverry. Definitely but not. I, I think the people obviously only re- think of his name and think of the form he did play, show in the French Open. I think there's a really good important fact to what you said there that he had his breakthrough at the French Open and that was his season. It's a big prize money, big lots of money. And this is his last clay court of the year. So he's not yep. going to do he's not gonna do much of the hard court. He may think this is my, my season over now. So yeah, I can understand the fade. We can't understand the move for Thomas Etcheverry down to minus five dollars. Uh, with Bet Rivers currently, uh, Andriotzi definitely is the, fa- the, fa- the 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 pick here for us in all kinds of different markets. If you want to play on the spread, it's four and a half. Uh, Andriotzi plus four and a half, minus one hundred three at Javeri now, minus four and a half, minus one twenty five, and the total is twenty and a half, which again I think could be quite favourable to bet the over, which is minus one seventeen. The final match we're going to speak about here in Kitzbühel. Now this one here, it, it, I'm scratching my head a little bit about the odds here. Um, I actually scratched my head there when I said I'm scratching my head a little bit. So I emphasized that I was scratching my head, but um, I'm quite surprised by the prices. I'm not. I don't know which way you're going to go because we don't really share our opinions. You just come with the matches you want to talk about, and then you you give your point of view. But Sebastian Bays is minus one sixty five here against Kabash Bainer, who's plus one thirty two. Now they've met once before in 2022, so last year Kabash Bainer won a very close match seven six seven six on clay. Their clay records this year are pretty identical. Kabash Bayer is 15-12. Uh, Sebastian Bayes is 20-14 on the win-loss. And Kabash Bayer, the Spaniard, is actually slightly higher in the world rankings. But yet, Sebastian Bayes is a relatively heavy favourite here at minus 165 with the Spaniard at plus 132. I think this is a lot closer than the betting suggests. Uh, the spread here is minus 2.5. You can bet the Spaniard plus 2.5 at minus 118. And the total is 22.5. 
with over minus 105. And when you consider the last time they met was 7676, I would guess the over 22 and a half would be a lot more popular than the under 22 and a half. You agree with me or, or totally disagree, Sean? I'm just slightly confused because I'm, I'm looking at my sheet here. I can't find a recent meeting or any meeting between these two. They played in the Bundesliga in 2022. Oh, the Bundesliga. Uh, Bundesliga. Right, okay. And it was a 7 6 7 6 I win for Club Ashmeyer. That'll be why it's that the Bundesliga for people that don't sort of follow tennis regularly is like a German clubs tournament um, that's played on clay. That's that's why I haven't got stat, uh, any detail of it because it's 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 anything but a main level yeah. event. You know, it's it's a very sort of niche tournament. I'm surprised they got. What, I'm surprised you found the result for that. To be honest, that's very I, I I got my contacts when I come back from Hamburg. I met someone on the Reaper Barn. Yeah, that guy in the wheelchair on the, the, on the electric <laughs> scooter. He said to me, if you ever want any stats on the Bundesliga, I'm your man. Give me another two euros and um, I'll give you the stats. It's, oh, it's you never reveal your sources, Sean. You never reveal oh. your sources. No, okay, Research, mate. Okay, I'm just slightly kind of uh, <laughs> taken aback because I, I I hadn't considered that when, when looking at this match, mainly because I didn't know about it because, as I say, Bundesliga is, is they play a lot of matches. Um, in Bundesliga, but anyway, um, the interesting thing about this one is, I mean, both men have a history of going well at altitude. Bayes has won Cordoba, he's made the final four times in Santiago, sometimes challenger, sometimes the main ATP event. Uh, Carbide Brain won Quito, which is no longer play, which was a massively high altitude. Uh, and he also won Marrakesh, where I was earlier in this season, in, in also in damp conditions, <laughs> of course. Marrakesh, why wouldn't it be damp conditions? Um, so they've both got good histories of going well at altitude. Bayes hasn't had the best of seasons, but his stats are still better than those of Carbage Brianna this season at main level on clay. Bayes, um, his service points, one return points, one total is 104, and Carbage Brianna is 100. I think that's where the price is coming from. But I'm, I'm slight, I am slightly tempted by Carbage Brianna. I think he's in better form right now, right at this exact moment. Played well in round one. Uh, did Karbash Bayern and Bayers might have been slightly flattered by his win over Med, uh, Medjedovic because Medjedovic was injured took a medical medical timeout after about two two or three games of that one Medjedovic so that, that result might have flattered Bayers a little bit I I am tempted by Karbash Bayern my, my lean would be Karbash Bayern but looking at the stats I don't think it's it, the stats are putting me off the fact that he is four points behind um, on the on the service points one return points one titles this season on Clyde no, I'd just be looking at it from a purely mathematical base and think that this should be a lot closer than plus 132. I'd probably make Kabash Banner about a plus 110 chance. Um, I Has the line moved on this? Because I thought it was I thought it was closer than that initially. No, the money actually is coming for, for the favourite, uh, for Sebastian Bass. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's coming for it. You know, um... The other thing to think about on these matches, uh, sorry, mate, these Kitzbühel ones, is you might have a situation where it's, they're played over a number of days. You might have, they might get two or three games and they have to go off and then come back and have another two or three games. And then this could carry on all week. So I wouldn't be backing many favorites because this, this is a level of this weather. You know, if you're, if you're consistently going on and having to wait for three hours off on off, it, it, there's no rhythm to the game, is there? So mm. um, I definitely, one thing, I mean, I wouldn't be backing favorites in Kitzbühel anyway. I mentioned at the start of the week, it's there's I think 40, 42% of the underdogs have won here in the last 10 editions. And even even I'm even less likely to back underdogs now, given the weather, than than normal. That's even more the case to oppose Echeverry. 
and uh, and, yeah. and I think I think the more the the higher price favorites like the four fifties and the five dollars, they're minus five dollars. They're the ones who are more vulnerable. I think so. I can't I can't understand why anybody would be taking the the heavy minus money on these favorites. But uh, let's wait and see. I think the one thing you got to do at Kids Ball this week is not only check the Bet Rivers website, but you got to check the weather forecast because that's going to be really really important here. Uh, the river forecast has been proved wrong. We were sitting in this time last week thinking, how on earth would they get through the tournament in Hamburg? And we, they did. They did it very easy with a WTA event as well. So, um, well, the weather forecast was, it was ahead of itself, wasn't it? That really bad weather is is coming sort of nowish rather than mm. last week. But yeah, it can make you look very silly. The weather forecast they often get it very wrong. It does indeed. Um, sort of where there is a WTA event as well as in Washington in the capital. Of the United States of America, Washington DC is our next stop, and there is no problem with the weather here. Sean, I don't know if you watched. Well, uh, well, you, well, we might have some fun but the last two get last two days have been absolutely boring. We players it's collapsing, more the heat, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, you you might give us an update on the weather here. So give, you, you stopped me there. So explain to me Sorry. What, what what. No, that's fine. You explain to me why uh, I was talking nonsense. No, you weren't talking nonsense. I was just saying you said there's no problem with the weather. What? And there isn't really. No, in terms fact, of if... in terms of the heat, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Now. I thought you were going to say you've you've said there's going to be some thunderstorms. No, no, we have well, no problems with delays, but we we've got problems in the in the excessive heat. So, as we saw yeah. yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. Anybody that watched um, Yi Bing Wu yesterday against Watanuki would have been quite quite shocked, I think, or and certainly slightly concerned at least. Um, for those that didn't watch it, uh, Yi Bing Wu went to the changeover, I think he was 4-1 up at the time, went to the changeover and just, just completely collapsed uh, onto his onto his chair uh, and could obviously take no further part in the match, just um, heat exhaustion. He has he has got a little bit of a history of that, Yi Bing Wu. I think he's got some sort of heart issue, which in extreme heat and humidity, as it, as it has been recently in Washington, D.C., that can manifest itself in in him sort of fainting. And that, that's, that's what happened, uh, basically. But this, this, it is, it is brutal uh, in in DC. Sort often this time of year, very hot, and it's the humidity as well. Um, Andy Murray was talking about how he prepared for this event. And I thought it was quite interesting. He said he's been doing um, sessions on the bike indoors with the heating turned up um, to about thirty odd degrees, and he, I think he said he was doing it next to a a sauna or a steam room so that he could replicate the the kind of humidity that you get there. So that's what he's been doing to prepare for this. Well, I doubt. A lot of these players have, have taken it that far. Um, but, you know, Andy Murray is very fastidious in his preparations and stuff. So if he's if he's doing miles and miles and miles on a static bike, basically just outside a sauna or a steam room, that, that sort of shows you what the conditions can be like in D.C. That there are thunderstorms around, which also indicates high humidity. Yeah, it's very hot. And it's uh, Taylor Fritz um, had a pro- massive problem last year here. He had to retire. He had... Um, sort of heart palpitations and stuff as well. So it, it can be a problem. And that play you mentioned there, Watanuki, is in action um, tomorrow against a man who is really, really struggling with form at the moment, Felix Auger-Aliassime. I mean, the Canadian burst onto the scene, and we were talking, uh, I think, with James Blake this year, thinking that, you know, he was in that category of sinners, uh, Alcarazes at the time, on who was going to be the next player to break through and win a, win a major. But his form is completely and utterly completely gone this year i mean if you look at his record he's only won two of his last nine matches and he's lost against some opponents that you just would never expect him to lose to fognini obviously in the french open which if fognini can is capable of those wins i think we were on that as well Artur fields in yeah. leon uh, popperin in rome that was a big shock 
Lajovic uh, in Madrid, Serendulu in Miami, Mo at Wimbledon. I mean, these are, this is, Felix Auger-Lazine was considered a, a source, a, a constant in the top 10 in the world and perhaps maybe can break into the top five, but it's, uh, it isn't working out for him. And he's probably a vulnerable favourite here against Watanuki. Uh, Felix Auger-Lazine is minus 35, as I said. Watanuki is plus 225. If you want to go to the spread, it's three and a half. Uh, Watanuki plus three and a half is minus 105. A Felix minus three and a half is minus one twenty two, and the total is twenty two and a half. I quite like the total at twenty two and a half on the over, uh, even money because Felix also does get involved in some long, long matches. A lot of tie breaks in his matches. Um, where's your angle of attack here? Similar, similar angle of attack. Yeah, I mean Felix's problems are mainly because of the injuries he's had. Knee problem been the most recent one. He also had other injury issues earlier this season, so you can sort of see why he's been struggling a little bit because he just hasn't been able to get a, a full block of of sort of training and, and matches in. He's, he's, it's been very stop-start this season. He's just not been able to get a rhythm or anything. So you can sort of see why it's happened for him. He's just had a bad year with injuries. It, it should iron itself out soon enough. But, you know, you know, a lot of the players go through these sort of spells. Um, if you look at the stats of these two, Watanuki, Watanuki in particular, has been extremely serve-dominated. I don't think the layers have really caught up with this at the minute. I know he's been playing on grass, but a lot of the a lot of the grass tournaments aren't that quick these days. That includes Wimbledon, Wimbledon qualies. You know, they're not they're not likely. The only one that's really quick, I would say, is Stuttgart. Um, but he's got Watanuki has gone over ten and a half games in the opening set seven times in his last nine completed matches, and he's played eleven tie break sets in those nine matches. And this is due to the fact that his his serve is good, decent, very decent. Um, but he's not been been breaking too much. Let me just find the stats. Uh, yeah, they both both of these have held serve eighty six percent of the time this season, but they've only broken serve thirteen percent and fifteen percent of the time respectively. So, a lot of holds, nowhere near enough breaks of serve. Um, Felix, as you said, he's played a tie break in nine of his last fifteen matches, which is sixty percent of the time. He's gone over ten and a half games in his opening set seven times in his last thirteen matches, which is fifty four percent of the time. Yet we're getting odds of I took three point four earlier on. I think it I think it's come down now. Um over ten and a half games in set one. I think it's last time I looked it was three point oh five a bet rivers. Is that still the case? Uh I'll have a look at it and while we're going I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look now. Total games in the first set. I'm trying to find it now. Set be one totals over ten and a half plus two oh five. Yeah plus two oh five. So still happy with that because this is sheer... a very very big price isn't it plus two oh five. Yeah, well, we'll we'll talk about something similar with Isner in a bit and compare the prices that you're going to get with Isner uh, compared to this. Uh, obviously, Isner, everybody knows about him, but Watanuki plays an awful lot of um, opening set tiebreaks and a lot of tiebreaks generally. He was poor, actually, in those five. I watched those five games, um, Watanuki against Wu. He, he was really poor. Watanuki's going to need a lot better than that against Felix. But Felix is very, very rusty. As we said, he's hardly played... Um, consecutive matches this season really certainly in the last couple of months just lacking matches lacking game time it showed at Wimbledon against um, Michael Moe didn't it I just feel like this is overs tie breaks that sort of thing mm, totally agree on that head to the Betrivers website lots of different markets on that match plus 205 over 10.5 it's minus 130 over 9.5 as well if you want to Take that uh, as well, and that probably that, that looks you know, it covers your six four rather than going into the five. Sometimes I look the one lower 
take a little bit of minus money because I think that uh, sometimes we get to four four. There's a break and someone wins the set six four. It's many happens on me on times at ten and a half, so it frustrates me indeed. Um, next match, uh, same tournament, Washington, where it's fast conditions. Gal Monfils is plus one sixty against Alexander Bublik, who is minus two dollars. These two have met twice before. Uh, once in the Australian Open in twenty twenty two, Monfils won easy six one six love six four. In the French Open, though, Bublik won the opening uh, match they played in the head to head six four seven five three six six three. So um, one winner piece. Bublik has had a very, very good season. Uh, got beat by Rublev at Wimbledon. That's his last match. Monfils had a good win here in the first round. Um, can he continue that run against Bublik, who hasn't has had a bit of a, a month off now? So he might be a little bit uh, rusty. Might need a couple of matches, games under his belt to get that Bublik going. And we really never know with Bublik what Bublik's going to turn up. Monfils here, though, can he be trusted at plus 160 to cause a shock? Yeah, I've taken Monfils here. Um, we were unlucky with him last week in Atlanta, weren't we? When we had, we had him to beat Kokinakis and he, he was four love up in the final set tiebreak and ended up losing. Um, this is just about if you trust Monfils's fitness. If and if you do, um, as I'm prepared to take a chance on on at these prices, if you do trust his fitness, then this is an excellent price because for me, it's a great matchup. Yes, he lost in the French Open to Bubbly, but there were um circumstances there to be taken into account, namely. It was during COVID. It was the COVID year, so it was played behind closed doors. And the one thing Gail Monfils does not want to be doing is playing with nobody watching. It's it's not for him. You know, he's the showman. He likes to entertain. Sometimes he entertains at the expense of winning matches that he should win by being silly and just playing sort of ridiculous shots just to just to entertain the crowd. That's the way he is. That's the way he's always been. That's the way he always will be. Um, but playing against in a in an empty stadium with with no fans, it's no surprise that he he lost that match against Bublik. Um, I think the truer reflection of of this matchup is that Australian Open match that you mentioned, when Monfils won easily six one six love six four, and it, it does look a good matchup for for Monfils. He returns exceptionally well, which can nullify obviously the main strength of Bublik, which is his serve. He's extremely quick still around the court, Monfils, so he's he's able to get to the the drop shots that the Bublik regularly plays. This kind of cat and mouse style that public plays sometimes, no no problem for Gail Monfils. He's, he's the master at that. Um, so as far as the matchup is concerned, I think it's a really good one for, for Gail Monfils. The only question is, is he fit? I mean, I'm like, I'm taking a chance on him being fit. He's played that UTS exhibition in Los Angeles. Then he went to Atlanta and played a match there. Now he's come to Washington, D.C. And, and won his first round match here. So I'm happy to take a chance on that. Public, as you said, could well be rusty. He's not played since Wimbledon. Doesn't have a great record here anyway. One win and two losses. Um, public. And, you know, the grass season is is public, isn't it? Is he Does he still have that motivation coming to somewhere boiling hot like Washington, D.C.? Um, and sort of picking up the rackets again and, and going again? Well, we'll see. I think Monfils is usually very highly motivated to play here. He won this tournament. He likes coming back here. He likes the crowd. He likes showing off to the crowd. Happy to take uh, Monfils at, at this price. I took him he's at two al- points. He's also there with his family as well. His, his, his wife playing. She won a big win last night against Azarenka, and yeah, they got the baby that, yeah. with they got the baby with them as well. So he's going to be very settled. But I, th- I think it's uh, if you can trust Monfils' fitness. I mean, let, let's well let's take the price of that Australian Open match for example. Uh, Monfils was one to three minus three thirty three, and that was only a year and a half ago. He was a one to three favorite. Now he's two point six underdog. 
it's just about fitness whether whether you still think that Monfils can achieve that same level of fitness as he as he could before that's it if you do follow on our picks and you uh, you are making them profit please share some of your winners with us show us your slips we'd like to have a look at your your picks we'd like to, you know don't have to tell us how Not much you had on ones. Not the losing ones. Well, you share them with Sean Calver <laughs> at Sean Cal- No, you can share yeah, them with Sean. The winning ones, you let me know, Nigel Seeley or, or because we've been. But if you if you are having any success on it, we'd like to see how you're doing and we'd like to, to follow your journey with us as well. So we'd like to see how you're doing. We'd like to win together. We, we like, That's what we like to do here at Because We Win. We we bet together and we win together. So if there's anything that you, you, you've had in any success, please share it with us. And obviously, we've got some tournament outright picks as well. If some of them go deep and win the tournament, let us know that you're cheering them on as well. The final match, uh, the final tournament as well, is we're going to Los Cabos over in Mexico. Um, we didn't really speak about we didn't speak about this at all uh, last time in the last podcast because we didn't have any odds. There was no odds on the outright market. There was no odds on the match bets. We've seen a couple of matches now, a couple of days worth of matches. We give us a little insight of the conditions before we break it down. What probably is the most intriguing match of the day tomorrow? Yeah, they play here on a Soulflex outdoor hardcore, which is kind of slow to medium at best it certainly isn't quick conditions uh i'll give you a a, a quote from cam norrie here who's won here a couple of times he's certainly gone well here a few times he said i love the conditions here the courts are pretty slow and i can use my legs to get to the ball and it's quite bouncy so i can use my forehand as well so slow conditions slow bouncy cam norrie likes it uh averages 79 percent holds and 72.4 percent first serve points when so at best it's medium medium to slow, I would say. They tend to play later in the day to avoid the high heat and humidity at, um, in Los Cabos. So it's it's always been a very difficult tournament for me to watch because most of the matches start about four o'clock in the morning where I am. Um, so it's, it's a tough watch. But it's going to be 35 degrees all week and sunny there. Um, as I say, quite quite can be quite humid as well. So hot, um, but slow conditions. No problem with time if you're stateside. This match, we're going to talk about Stefanos Tsitsipas against John Isner, scheduled for 9 p.m. Eastern time. So a really nice time for you over in America. Have your dinner, sit back and watch some tennis before you go to bed. Uh, the head-to-head is overwhelmingly in favour of Stefanos Tsitsipas, 5-3. Uh, sorry, 5-2 on the head-to-head. The money, again, has come for Tsitsipas, despite him losing in the first round at Wimbledon against Eubanks. He's got to sort of get some form going before he uh, reaches into so round the 16, not first round, uh, before he gets going into the uh, the American hardcore campaign. And John Isner comes here on the back of a first round defeat in Atlanta. Atlanta. But prior to that, he made the semifinals at Newport, where he was beaten by the, the sensation there, Mickelson. Um, he had a good win in the first round against the fantastically named Rinky Hitchikata. Uh, and this is a difficult one for Sebastian. I think John Isner will relish the opportunity to take him on. But has he got any left? Anything left in the tank, Sean? That is the big uh, question you've got to answer for me. Yeah, I'm not sure is the answer to that. Um, I think he's got enough for a while. Whether he's got enough, if this went to sort of a long two or sort of three sets, I would question. I think he said he, his quote after the Hijikata match. I think he said something along the lines of. I'm pretty glad this didn't go to three sets. I think that was the gist of what he was trying to say. Um, I think a lot of this is about Sitsipas. He's never played here before. How motivated is he? I mean, on a scale of one to ten, how motivated would you say he's been in the last three or four months? What, five, four? Probably less. I was going to three, four, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's up to him. Is he is he interested? Uh, as you say, he's beaten this in the last five times in a row. Uh, set one tie break has been played in four of their five hard court meetings. 
Um, and consequently, the price on that particular outcome is, I think it's odds on over 10 and a half games. Just a touch of odds on it was. I think it's 1.96 minus sort of 104-ish. Um, over 10 over and a half minus one minus 106 over 10 and a half and a tie break is plus 130 in set one so, so a tie break in this is plus 130 uh, over 10 and a half games a shade of odds on whereas in the Felix game we, we were getting sort of two to one plus you know plus 305 um it, it's no value at all is it it's obviously highly likely if you look at the stats it's not an outdoor hard in his last 10 matches at, at main level not winning many three seven win loss but he's playing a huge 0.46 tie, almost half a tie break per set. So one tie break every two sets, roughly, is what he's playing. Hence the odds. Holding serve 92% of the time. Against Sitsipas on hard courts, he holds serve 92% of the time. But Sitsipas has held serve 98.4% of the time against Isner on a hard court. So it's it you can see why the prices are as they are, because this has basically just been the serve dominated. Um I just think the slightly slower conditions in, in Los Cabos and, and the high heat and humidity at 38 years of age, um, I think it I think it'll catch up with Isner at some point if Sitsipas fancies it, which I, I couldn't say that he will. You know, 250 just after Wimbledon, he's had a poor, poor spell of it. If we look at Sitsipas's stats actually this season at main level, away from Clay, let's take Clay out of the equation. He's he's just 15 8 win loss. And his service points, one return points, one total is 102, which is not befitting of a guy with sort of ideals of, of being in the top three, four, five in the world. He's he's won exactly the same number of second serve points as John Isner, 57%. And he's only won 32% of return points. All this points to a, a set one tie break, but it's absolutely no value at all. I think I'm I'm slightly tempted here with the under 21 and a half games. Oh, sorry, under 24 and a half. Under 24 and a half, sorry. Yeah, 1.95. I think if, it could also be one for in play. If you can get um, odds which aren't available yet on set two unders, it could well be a tiebreaker in the first set. But I think Isner's legs will go at some point. I just don't think that serve is potent enough for long enough now to be to be backing him over 24 and a half games. I think that's my lean here. Um, either on set two unders or, or under 24 and a half games. Love the uh, swim against the tide. That's what we've got to do in betting, swim against the tide. And remember, there's four ways to follow us here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. Download the podcast, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on your preferred podcast provider. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel uh, because we win at the Bet Rivers ne- uh, Studios, the new chat channel there. And also give us a follow on our Instagram and Twitter page, which is also at Because We Win. Some great picks from Sean there. The best one for me, Watanuki V or Felix Orgelisim over 20 and a half, it's uh, over 10 and a half games at plus two. And a lean for me for Kobayashi Bayer to beat Sebastian Bayes. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow to look at more matches on the men's tennis door. Enjoy your day. Cash some tickets and take care.